This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for many downloads. So who am I joined with today? Well, I can tell you that this has been in the works for quite some time. I'm really excited to introduce to you Reverend Misty Time. So who is Reverend Misty Time? Well, what I can tell you is that Misty is a forgiveness expert, author, speaker, death doula, and creator of the forg- forgiveness algorithm. Her mission is clear, to bring a forgiveness tool to a cynical world that is craving a way to let go of the pain and anger. Armed with the model that forgiveness is the link between love and healing, she believes when we practice forgiveness, we make room for the good life God has intended for each of us. With a gift for opening hearts through her humorous and touching stories, Reverend Misty is known for uplifting and enlightening audiences across the U.S. through her talks and workshops. Reverend Misty was ordained in 2015 after spending two years in One Spirit Interfaith Seminary. Previously, she had a long, successful career in corporate health care. Reverend Misty lives in Boise, Idaho and San Diego, California, and is a wife and mother of six children. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Misty, how are you? So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is such an honor, and I can really tell you, quite honestly, I do this every single week, but I've been particularly jazzed for this upcoming interview with you specifically, and I want to personally thank you for the fantastic book that I received in the mail that you gifted to me, and I tell you, I have not been able to put it down, Um, and I want to jump into this, and and why I love what we're going to talk about today is because I have uh, characteristically historically interviewed many people who are experts in various industries. I've never, ever before interviewed somebody who's an expert on the subject of forgiveness. And it's yet something that intersects with all of us on the human spectrum, uh, whether we've been on the receiving end of having to forgive somebody. But again, as stated on the back of your book, even though this is a subject matter uh, that is talked about in all societies and in all religions, the importance of forgiveness 
we've never really been taught the tools of how to navigate that and maneuver that so as to bring inner peace internally and externally. So I've got so many questions. It's organic, it's unscripted, but we're going to dive in. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit as an intro here for the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers, Misty, why don't we talk about what is it about specifically the subject matter of forgiveness that's near and dear to your heart that really took on this plight and mission for yourself? Oh, what a great question, because really, usually when somebody wants to become an expert in something, it's because they've had to go through it themselves, right? Mm, Yes, absolutely. Right. And that's exactly what happened with me. I really thought that I would be a hospice chaplain after I um, was done in seminary, and then real life showed up. (laughs) And, um, you know, life is messy and people are messy, and it causes chaos in relationships. And I grew up in a chaotic family, but I felt I had risen above and had done so much better, which I had in some ways. But one day, I got a horrible phone call and it was that kind of phone call that, you know, your um, cell phone rings and your house phone rings. And, and for those millennials out there, house phone is that phone in the house is attached to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And you, and, and I grew up like if both phones are ringing, there's a problem. And sure enough, I picked up the phone and it, it said it was my twin brother who, by the way, was an alcoholic and a rageaholic. And I did everything I could to stay far, far away from him. But it wasn't him on the other end. It was actually my sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law was crying and she was screaming, the ambulance is on the way, but it's too late. He's gone. My brother had taken his own life. And I used to think for years that if my brother passes, it was really not going to bother me too much. I'm going to be sad, but it's going to be fine. His life was so chaotic. But ultimately, I was left not only with grief, but also deep unforgiveness, that anger, pain, and unfulfilled expectations I had of him and our relationship. And I desperately wanted to feel better. See, the thing about forgiveness, it truly is for you because really it was about me and really not much about him. Mm. So I had to get to the how though. No one could tell me how. All the major religions and society agree we're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to let it go. Heck, Disney tells us to let it go. But the, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I won't be singing. That wouldn't be thank good for you, any. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I needed the how, and I had just done all this deep religious study, and I thought I was pretty shiny, and that I understood stuff like this. But ultimately, I didn't. And in my deep research and years of experience, I actually was able to come up with the how, and that is what I share now. Beautiful. Well, a few simultaneous thoughts came to mind, and we're going to try and keep them balanced here because I think they're all equally important to to throw out here to the listening audience. Um, One, I appreciate you being so raw and candid and forthcoming because, you know, when people are tuning into this show, Misty, and you can appreciate this based on your own success, people tap into the messaging of those who I'm interviewing and they think, you know, I can't necessarily resonate with that level of success for why this person would be on Lisa's show. What is most relatable is the backstory. And so when my guests are very generous with all of us, myself included, to share the raw candid details of what 
really birthed or perpetuated the momentum, the trajectory of where it was they saw that there was a bigger purpose intended for all, not just for you, the person who's taken the whole forgiveness mission forward. Um, you know, this is how we learn from each other. This is how we expand. This is how we grow. This is how we unlearn what we previously learned. Uh, this is how we truly show up for ourselves and for each other as the best version of ourselves. And so being human beings, everybody who's listening to the show, yourself, myself, the network owners, you know, we all are on the spectrum of what it is to feel the whole plethora and myriad of emotions that affect shape all of us. And, you know, suicide has touched my life as well. And, you know, it's one that doesn't bring closure, particularly if the dynamic leading up to that was something that was entrenched in unresolved issues or toxic dysfunctional dynamics. And the list uh, continues, unfortunately. So I just want to say for what you're sharing with all of us, you're touching upon many important subject matters uh, that underscore the importance and the relevance of forgiveness as a whole. So I want to first thank you for that. Oh, thank you for letting me share because I really want to let people know that you too can use forgiveness to one, feel better, but also to have a healthier, happier life because it really is about learning from our past experiences, forgiving, letting go and not repeating. It's such an important lesson. Absolutely. And the other thing that you said that I thought was really interesting that I'd like to talk a little bit further, and it is in your book too, and I talk about this myself, it's choice. Everything comes down to choice. Even if what was bestowed upon us once upon a time circumstantially wasn't within our realm of control, perhaps we were too young, we felt disempowered, we didn't have good role models, uh, we didn't have the exit strategy, we didn't know anything different than what we were perhaps brought up with. But the fact that you cited this suicide as being with your twin brother and twin is what caught my attention because this also reinforces that you know people can come siblings can come from the same parents uh, same genealogy same upbringing same everything but you get to a point in your life where you can fundamentally make changes and choices for yourself that change again the trajectory of where it is you say you want to go so as to live an abundant purposeful meaningful driven type life um, so what was what do you think in your time of healing and reflecting and introspection misty uh, and for what you're the expert on here what particularly in the dynamic of you and your brother being twins, where did one go awry and where did one rise? Well, I think that's such an important point to bring up because ultimately families, you think that we're supposed to be the same, right? Raised by the same parents, have the mm -hmm. same experiences as a young person. But ultimately, we also come in with certain DNA. Some of us are just wired differently than others. And we also come in with maybe a propensity for addiction. And then there's that mental health piece too. My twin brother and I were each other's best friend. We hid in the closet closet with each other and protected each other from the craziness that was going on out in the living room. But then as a teenager, he changed and he also found alcohol and he became that person we used to hide from. So not only was I devastated that my best friend and my other protector was gone, but also my hopes and dreams and expectations were crushed. And I was angry because ultimately
ultimately, we do that to everyone. We have expectations of who they should be to us and what they said they were going to be to us. And that could be parents, that could be siblings, it could even be a spouse who said, I'm going to be this amazing thing to you. But Mm -hmm. then ultimately, real life gets in their way, their mental health or addictions, or their just plain inability to be able to live up to that expectation um, is, is just not there. So then it crushes us because I guarantee you, your expectations are probably perfectly normal. Mine were, we all have pretty reasonable expectations, but even within the reasonable, people just don't meet them. And I talk a lot about expectations, probably more than I do about forgiveness, because it really helps you shift and get into the place of what forgiveness is. And it's no longer in it expecting what you once did from that person or people or situation. Um, Ultimately, some people don't have the will or the skill to meet our expectations. And you have to ask yourself, I know for a fact that my brother, he had the will. He wanted to be my best friend. He wanted me in his life. And he wanted that whole loving twin thing, that, that, that magical twin thing that's supposed to happen. But he didn't have the skill. He had horrible examples. He had mental health situation and he had addiction. So he lost his will. And that's very, very common in relationships. Wow. Well, let's talk about the dualities and the polarities that underlie everything in which you're referencing here. So there would be one school of thought, particularly in the realm of personal growth, personal development, where one might argue, Misty, you know, people will only treat you how you let them. And the same lesson uh, or the same situation, I should say, will continue to recycle itself until you grasp what the lesson is. And so when we're talking about expectations, I don't think you can have that conversation without talking about uh, accountability, uh, without talking about personal atonement, or recognizing deep within, knowing that this is always fundamentally an inherent inner job, uh, you know, to what degree do we hold ourselves accountable? What is the level of standard that we have for ourselves? And for people like you and I, who are high achievers, who are self-actualized, who choose to be awakened as opposed to asleep, be asleep, um, you know, it's really hard to live in that realm of intentional, deliberate consciousness, but accept substandard from other people. And I think exactly. I, I really want to tell you how many times have you heard somebody talk about their family and they always talk about the fact, well, my family doesn't know what they're doing. They they are horrible people and I've just cut them off. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, all, we've mm-hmm. all heard that. And that's exactly what I did with my brother. And I blamed him for not being able to rise above. And I thought for sure he had the ability. He was just choosing not to. Well, that is true. He was choosing not to, but he also had other things that got in his way. And when I examined that, oh my gosh, empathy showed up. How dare mm-hmm. empathy shows up. Right. <laughs> I was like, I can't stay mad if I have empathy for the poor man mm-hmm. or, or for the situation. Right. So that is also a big piece about understanding what forgiveness is, that people are on their own path, their own journey. You know, I always talk about the Wizard of Oz. Uh, Dorothy was on the Yellow Brick Road and first she meets uh, the the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and all that. But then all of a sudden there's flying monkeys. It's because she had the power the whole time. But she had to learn all these lessons along the way. 
our problem is, is when we don't learn them and we just Mm. repeat them and repeat them and repeat them. We all do it, by the way. None of us get out of uh, life scot-free. We're not all perfect. Most of Mm -hmm. us are not perfect at all, right? So the point is that we do have free will. And I talk about free will often because, my goodness, we had a choice. But lots of times we feel like we don't have a choice. And it's that inner knowing that it is your choice to have healthier people and healthier things in your life that will make your life better. But lots of times we have to experience the other side first. Mm -hmm. And we also put what we think is right on somebody else. And that's huge. Absolutely. Bingo. Lots of bingos there. Yeah. So when we talk about the roadmap Uh, the blueprint, uh, the mindset, however we choose to reference it. When we're talking about the how-to navigational system that you've referenced in your book, Misty, on how to forgive, what are some of the tangible examples or the step-by-step process, whether it be what we're speaking into our reality, speaking into our preferred uh, uh, existence that shifts the paradigm and makes all of that possible? for the benefit, again, of the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, without giving all the yumminess of your book away, because we want people to order it, of course, and and sponge it up and reread it themselves, uh, and walk away each time with a deeper layered meaning um, behind it. What what can we what can you offer the listeners here in terms of what is the how to what what are some of those steps? Right. I think the very, very first step, and I talk about this everywhere I go and in all my workshops, about the myths and misconceptions we have been born into and raised with. So, like, my favorite is uh, we're supposed to forgive and forget. Well, right. <laughs> last, last time I checked, elephants and people, we don't forget very well. And there's a good reason. It's actually given to us as a tool. And that tool is to learn from past experience. And this hooks right back into what you were talking about and what I was talking about, you know, the Wizard of Oz or learning lessons and all of the free will that we have, is that we need to learn from our past experiences so we don't step back in it again. And that includes with our own family, um, when our dating relationships, our friend relationships, let people show you who they are, believe them. And if it's dangerous, walk away. If it's um, hurtful, walk away. And also in expectations, we talk about that, then you're just hoping that they're going to change and do and be better. Go ahead and hope that, but understand this is where they are. And it is your responsibility to um, guard your heart and mind and be loving and kind and not let that experience, um, you know, like hurt you so much that then you hold onto it in an angry place because what happened shouldn't have happened. And so again, it's back to that roadmap of first understanding what forgiveness is and is not. It's not letting a person out of social consequences or legal justice. It's also not saying you'll never be sad again that this happened. Some people think that, well, if I forgive, I'm never going to ever feel sad again. And it just doesn't work that way. I'm sad that my brother didn't have a better life, that he didn't make better choices. And I'm sad that he hurt so deeply that he chose to take his own life. Well, okay, I'm just processing that because, you know, a thought that came to me, Misty, as you were saying that is a lot of people 
who hold on to the choice or the inability or the incapability within that particular juncture of their journey of being able to truly forgive. It's based on the, the, the inability to surrender, surrender. You know what? My feelings are always negated or I always feel minimized or I always feel invalidated. And so sometimes there's a correlation within people's mindsets that if I, without ever getting or receiving the genuine apology on the Mm -hmm. other end, right? If I even within myself choose to forgive that person silently, secretly, privately, whatever the case may be, I think there's still a little bit of a residual or there's still a bit of a block where one holds on to and they think, but you know what? All I wanted was, you know, validation. And if Right. Absolutely. Can we talk talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's why a lot of people are very quick to relent. I think this is why people, you know, they they unfortunately do themselves a disservice uh, by not making the the choice to forgive, knowing that it's them that they free up. Right. Exactly. And the reason we do that is our society is ingrained to be right. We want to be right. We take people Mm -hmm. to court. We want to prove that we are right. And with forgiveness, you can be right and forgive. You can be wrong and forgive. You can be both right and wrong and forgive because forgiveness doesn't have to do with being right. And an apology, and you brought this up, who doesn't love a good apology, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've all been on the other end of a really bad apology, the ones with the butt in them. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this is exactly what I know that I wanted, both from family members, ex-husband, and my own twin brother. I wanted him to say, you were right. I was a jerk. I was horrible. Um, I hurt you and I'm really, really sorry. But ultimately, he wasn't going to give me that because he didn't see the world the same way. Mm-hmm. And I expected the apology before I could forgive him. And it, this is backed up in some really good studies. I talk about it in my book. I talk about the fact that we all think forgiveness is a good idea, but the problem is that we are expecting an apology and the person to change. And I think that's Mm. even bigger than the apology. We want them to magically change into the person we believe they could be. And it really, it comes from a good place because we see this amazing piece of them that we want them to be better and do better. And this is very common in people who have addicts in their family Mm -hmm. or in their life. They want them to do better and be better. Instead, these people are making horrible choices that's hurting themselves and others. And so we want to forgive them, but we need them to do that first. So when you clear up those misconceptions and those myths, you understand that that's not what forgiveness is. It is truly stopping the control that you're trying so desperately to do to change change them. And I know that I wanted my brother to have a better life, but I was going to show him how to do it, by the way. And, you know, I wanted to control him. I wanted Mm -hmm. to control the situation. And that is also perfectly human and comes from our need to be safe. And forgiveness lets you stop trying to control another. 
but it lets you control yourself even more. How you react to things, how you um, make choices about people that are in your life, even if it is that family member or that ex or somebody that isn't being healthy, how do you let them go, forgive them, and love them anyways? Well, you can love them with a 10-foot pole. That's like my favorite (laughs) thing, right? Right. You love them. And if it's a religious thing for you or a spiritual thing for you, pray for them, um, light a candle, uh, do all that thing, but understand that they have free will too. And they are choosing this for them. And if it's not good for you, then you need to make your own choices and back away, um, you know, but be kind. And that's the other piece about forgiveness, about taking responsibility. I think you just mentioned that also mm-hmm. um, about taking responsibility for your own actions. I know that if my family or a friend or something had brought up my brother, I'd go out of my way to tell you all the horrible things about him. Because mm-hmm. if he's wrong, when am I, Lisa? You're right. Yes, I am. Right. And I'm the hero in my own story. Yes. But- ultimately ultimately if I would have told you that my brother volunteered every month and cooked um, for hundreds of seniors that he fixed roofs that he loved his children even and yes he was abusive but he he still loved and he was a full human he wasn't all bad and he wasn't all good Mm -hmm. and if I would have done that again empathy would have snuck in and you would have said oh I'm so sorry that his life is so sad Mm. or or something and I'm like hold it hold it that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. you need to know that he hurt me that what he did to me and ultimately what I was really supporting was my own pain and so forgiveness lets you stop doing that yes beautiful misty beautiful and powerful well let me ask you this then because you know there's still always work that needs to be done at the subconscious level so for those of us who again are committed to the fierce massive action that's involved with inner growth uh personal growth personal development etc now how do we know and again this is for the benefit of the listening audience and the podcast subscribers how do we know to what degree we are tricking ourselves, conning ourselves, misguiding ourselves when we say we have forgiven someone else? Like energetically, what shows up that would be indicative of you've truly authentically relinquished the pain, you have truly forgiven somebody else, whether you ever got that forthcoming apology or not, but you had to do that work on your own, um, Or you're masking it still because we're smart enough, we're cognizant enough to know if we say we forgive that person, even within the recesses of our own mind, then we might be freed up to take it to the next level in our own journey, in our own healing, in our own goals or intention setting or whatever the case may be. How do you know that you've not contrived or embellished your understanding of truly doing the work with forgiveness? You know, no one's ever asked me that question before, Lisa. That's an excellent question. And how you phrased it was also perfect. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I just got goosebumps coming from you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, lots of times people have to forgive over and over. So it's important that you understand that it is a journey, that you will get upset again if you show up at the family reunion and the uncle that you forgave that was always an alcoholic is out is drunk again that you might still have to do it again it's about understanding the other person 
and then again stop that feeling of desperately needing them to change. And um, of course, it'd be lovely if they did, be clear, but that it's how you are reacting to them that's also super important. Um, I used to say when my brother called, I would look at the phone and I'd just hang it up because I didn't want to talk to him when really I was being cruel because I didn't want to deal with his stuff or whatever. And I made sure he understood it. I talked badly about him. When I knew that I had truly forgiven, I had no longer the feeling or the need to prove how wrong he was and how right I was. I also desperately wanted to be kinder, kinder to him. And unfortunately, he was gone. But it led me to be kinder to others, even in bad situations, and not take so much personally. And I think mm. that's the big piece is that we all think that somebody's out to personally ruin us and hurt <laughs> us. And, you know, I mean, that's why one reason we have contracts in business, right? Business contracts are super important so that things are spelled out. Don't you wish we had those in all of our relationships? So we were clear about our expectations. But we think that people really just want to hurt us or go out of their way to cause us drama. And it, and if that's the case, then you definitely need to do some boundaries and stay away. But mostly people are just running their own programs. And when you forgive them, you see that like super clearly. And that's how you know you've done the real work. You're no longer waiting for somebody to fix you from the outside for mm. an inside offense. Like, like your heart is broken on the inside. But lots of times we're waiting for that apology. We're waiting for something on the outside outside to fix our hearts on the inside. And when you've done the good work, you no longer need that. Beautiful. Well, let me ask you this then, Misty. Is it is there a correlation or is it synonymous if somebody then going forward with that particular person or that dynamic or whatever it was that caused the internal trauma uh, or the slight or the assault on the spirit, whatever, however you want to phrase that, if one gets to a point where they are trigger free with any association to do with that person, is that also indicative of true forgiveness having happened or is that more related to healing or can you say that you've healed without the element of forgiveness? I would say it's all of the above. First okay. of all, I mean, it's still, I mean, triggers are triggers, right? Like we recognize it. I, I always say forgiveness doesn't solve the problem. It recognizes the problem mm. um, because all of a sudden we recognize it clearly as what it is, not what we're hoping it will be, not what we want that other person to do or say or be. But ultimately, when you've come to a place of healing and forgiveness, yeah, the triggers are a lot less, but also you're just not invested in it as much, right? You're, you're mm -hmm. like, I really hope they all do well. And you mean it, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. That, that you can pray for them, uh, that you can say, gosh, I'm sad for them. And your heart actually hurts for them instead of just for you. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Well put. Now, I want to cite a couple of things within your book, as well as give you the opportunity to share with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers where they can reach out to you, uh, not only to peruse all your bodies of work, Misty, but maybe to consult with you for an initial consultation and see if there's good synergy between you and that person so as to pair up going forward. Um, but I'd like to know 
based on what I've read in your book, if you could share with all of us, what was the crack that was heard around the world on November 15th, 2008? <laughs> <sighs> um, wow. In regards to my forgiveness journey, um, I would say that was definitely the moment I saw my brother as a whole human that was in such pain. Mm. And I no longer needed from him the validation that he hurt me. That was, that was the moment that forgiveness really happened for me. And I had empathy and I saw him as a child in such pain. And that was the crack heard around the world for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when somebody else can do that for, for others, you know you have grown and you've healed. And I think that's so important because you've also learned and you've taken another step on your beautiful road, your beautiful journey. Beautiful. Well, you said something there that really was akin to what I believe in and what I preface in my books and what I believe in wholeheartedly. Uh, You know, when you can tap into the energy and the spirit of not only your own inner child, but that of anyone else who is in your path, in your sphere and energetically, people you may know, people you may not know, but knowing that that exists internally. Uh, because that's where we're our most wondrous. That's where we are, are, I believe, our most forgiving. You know, kids at a young age call it playground setting, call it in the classroom, learning to share, taking turns, exercising patience. Uh, you know, this is where we learn our, our, our social skills. This is where we learn where we fit within the dynamic of whatever our surroundings are or the people who occupy our space energetically. And, you know, when we can tap back into that spirit, you know, whether it be rediscovering, re-embracing our inner child, I think that's the energy where we are capable of being our most forgiving. I, I truly believe that. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, I know that my life has sweeter and fuller because of forgiving and I use it as a tool every day, whether I'm at the airport and somebody cuts in front of me or driving, I, I truly can let it go. It is not personal. It is really, truly about them. And then also I'm able to forgive myself because I've learned from my lessons. And many of those lessons are things that I don't want to repeat. So mm-hmm. I forgive myself along the road and I'm kinder and, and gentler because of it. Lovely. Well, another similarity and parallel between you and I, Misty, as I was reading your book, uh, I also, I I end all my books, not with the end, but the beginning, because I believe once you've unleashed uh, another layer uh, perspective of understanding, uh, how can you call that a cap? There's no expiry date on learning. But you said in your book on page 116, the moral of your story. I end my books that way too. The yeah. moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't see that oftentimes in print in in other people's books and stuff. So that that immediately spoke to me and I thought because in my books it's the moral of the story, but in your book for how it makes sense in terms of context, you preface the moral of your story and how you can put action into your future. And I love that because 
again, that goes back to self-empowerment. That goes back to choice. That goes back to being deliberate and intentional with our goal setting uh, and, and speaking ourselves into our preferred existence. So if we recognize that every little decision we make today, every choice uh, with energy, every exchange, that's one step forward towards the trajectory of our future selves, our future vision, all of that coming to fruition where when we get to the point of hindsight 2020, we can connect the dots. And if we can look back and go, wow, we really did make a good succession of one good decision after another, call it forgiveness, call it whatever. And then next thing you know, you've got this beautiful tapestry that you've created and cultivated for yourself. And don't we all want that? We do want that. And I would even add to that is that we are teaching the next generation. Yeah. So, and we're going to stop that generational pain. And I, and I talk a lot about generational pain because those are our examples. But when you make a conscious decision to say, nope, no more, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach it. Do you understand what that legacy looks like? It's not just the next generation, but it's also that next generation and that next generation long after you're gone, you are changing and you have the power to change legacy yes absolutely and legacy is is a subject that's near and dear to my heart too and I know sometimes you know these become trendy words or catchphrases or buzzwords or whatnot but I think you know oftentimes and I've done a legacy series uh with one of my radio sponsors also a former radio guest Mitchell Levy and you know we we talked about legacy and it was really important how we kind of we we turned it on its head because oftentimes when people think of legacy, they think after I'm gone, this is how I'm going to be remembered without necessarily understanding how you become remembered is based on everything you're doing while you're alive today in this Absolutely. exact moment, times Absolutely. a million moments, right? Right. And I also think that if we are um, conscious, like we literally are thinking about it instead of living on autopilot of our, um, examples that we learn from that we can say, okay, what is it that I love about my family? What would I want to continue? For me, my mom was an amazing cook. Um, she was also an alcoholic. Choose not to make the alcoholism a continual thing, but I do choose to have this beautiful legacy of, everybody knows how to cook, right? And, and mm-hmm. share beautiful food. So that is a legacy that I want to continue. And this is also, there's a legacy I want to change so that um, I empower my children to make good decisions, healthy decisions in their life. Love it. Well, another thing that I read in your book that really spoke to me, because I, you know, a lot, oftentimes, particularly being in an oversubscribed, oversaturated industry where a lot of people are citing same things, signature to their own unique branding or messaging or whatever their purpose is tied into their backstory. What I, what really jumped off the page for me when I was reading your book, Misty, is when you spoke about why a life vision statement Mm. You reference that as opposed to the generic standard stereotypical mission statement. Right. To me, that was more emphatic. That was more standout. That was more um, compelling. So let's talk a little bit from your perspective, your point of view, and your voicing on this, why it should be prefaced as a life vision statement as opposed to just a mission statement. Right. Well, because we talk about corporations always having mission statements and, and everything they do is, is supposed to reflect that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so ask yourself, what is your life vision statement? Uh, mine just so happens to be my vows I took the day that I was ordained, my personal vows. And I realize that I want to live in that with every single thing I do. For some people, it might be something about lying or ethics or something like that. Um, others, it might be about being joyful every day. Whatever it is, everything you do needs to reflect that life vision statement. And again, you know, people notice and your family notices that if they described you, Lisa, what would your family say if they described you in a sentence? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I almost hesitate to go on record with saying all this. Um, I'm very outspoken. I'm very, um, you know, I, I know I'm loved and appreciated for what makes me different, but I also know that sometimes my strengths are seen as my weaknesses. It, you know, I am very strong minded. I'm very strong spirited. Uh, I'm a lone wolf. You know, I believe in myself so strongly that I am quite fine to remove other people from my life. Um, but that's that perfect. Think about that. Your family would see you as strong and, and um, driven and lovely and beautiful and all those things. I know my family knows my vision statement for my life is that everything I do must reflect the indwelling of God in my soul. Mm -hmm. They know that whatever I do that day, it's, it needs to bounce back to that. And the reason you have that is when the hard stuff happens, you can go, oh, hold it. Does this mm -hmm. reflect? Does this reflect who I am? Does mm -hmm. this in line with what I want my vision in my life to look like? So it's super important that you align yourself with who you are. It's specifically about you. I love that. Well, and the thing is, too, I know, you know, whether I've had differences, or th whether there's been estrangement, whether there's been whatever, I know characteristically to further better answer your question as it pertains to me and how my family would perceive me is I truly am living, uh, breathing and walking, talking example of my purpose, which is to uplift people to fear less and to live more and to really honor yourself that way, even though it comes in the midst of naysayers, critics, people who don't understand you, people who don't see for you what you see for yourself. Uh, you know, people know that I believe in that so emphatically that I will go to the wall for that. See, exactly. And everybody in my life knows I will go to the wall for my belief system in the fact that there's something bigger than us. That Absolutely. for me, I use the word God, but for other people, they use divine or spirit. But they mm -hmm. know that that piece is so central to who I am. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the other thing that really spoke to me, because you and I speak, we're very much speaking the same universal language, truly, uh, soul to soul, heart to heart, sister to sister. You know, when you reference the importance, the imperativeness, the profoundness of write it, say it, see it, I know what that means. I'm sure the listeners would be curious to know more specifically from your lens what that means to you. Well, you know, 
lots of times we miss things when we're just thinking about it and bouncing it between our heads and our hearts. We're trying to change our yesterday all the time. And -hmm. we're not very much in the present. So when you write it, you actually learn things that you you might not have known because you missed it while you're bouncing it around. And then when you say it. So for me, I love conversation. Words are my world. So I love it when I talk and I can, oh, little, little nuances are also coming in. And then when you say it, you're proclaiming it. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, preacher's, the preacher's going to come out me right now. So ultimately, <laughs> you're going to say it, you're going to write it, you're going to say it, you're going to speak it, you're going to encompass it all. And I know when I wrote my story and I wrote my brother's story, things lit up for me that I wasn't taking into account before. His abuse was much worse than mine. All of a sudden, I saw things that from a different view, then I was able to speak it. I did my first class on forgiveness, and it was packed, by the way. And I went, oh my gosh, you mean I'm not the only one? So pretty much, if you're over the age of 12, you have somebody to forgive for something. And ultimately, I I was able to really speak it and write it and say it and all of it, it becomes real. And that's why you have to do the work. It's not, you know, then it becomes easier as we go along because we learn, we learn how to do it. But when you write your story, and then speak it to someone and say it, it, you hear things that you didn't, that you were missing the whole time. So true. So true. Absolutely. And the thing is, too, when you're talking about rewiring your DNA, right, Mm -hmm. when you're when you are making the decision to pivot into a new paradigm of what works for you as compared to what no longer serves you, um, then, yeah, you've got to implement it in every which way that it resonates with you at the cellular level, too. Right. Because that that transforms the emotions, which transforms the thoughts, which transforms your outcomes, your results. And and that's where we talk about action. So it it really is a correlation, a combination of all those three things. And the more you practice, the more it becomes second nature. And who doesn't want the repetition of things that are going to only serve you and serve to continually honor you? uh, And therefore, you showing up as the best version of yourself and everybody else who comes into contact with you that's what they get energetically from you. Who doesn't want to be responsible for that kind of yumminess? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talk about it with food all the time. Yes. Right? But we don't talk about it in regards to our actions, our decisions, and and the people we're putting around ourselves. So do the same thing. You're so worried about making sure you eat kale for lunch, but you're not <laughs> worried about what and how you're thinking and being and doing. So it's super important that you care about um, what's happening inside your mind and heart just as much as you care about what you're putting in your body. Absolutely. Missy, you are such a beacon of light. You are such a strong force of nature. I I mean, I've gotten goosebumps quite a few times throughout the course of this interview. And I take notes furiously because I'm a student of life and I'm forever learning from the people who I'm interviewing. Um, And I just want to say, like, what I've gotten out of this in terms of my takeaways, my breakthroughs is phenomenal. Um, But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you as my guest, what would you want to be the most impressed upon takeaway or breakthrough for anybody who is tuning into this show? 
What do you hope, if nothing else, and you've imparted a lot of beautiful uh, nuggets and gems here, but what would be the preferred takeaway breakthrough from your perspective for anyone tuning in? Right. Ultimately, that forgiveness is the link between love and healing, that you can forgive and you can heal and that you can still love someone even if they weren't healthy in your life. You can forgive yourself because you've learned so much. That forgiveness truly is the link that you need for love and healing. Beautiful. And how do people reach out to you, Misty, for consultation, to read and purchase your book, uh, or to talk about anything under the sun that that was within your wheelhouse of expertise? Well, Lisa, I also want to announce, this is the first time I've talked about it on air. I want to announce (laughs) right here that I have two brand new online classes coming out. Wow. how to forgive your ex, because last time I checked, we all have one of ex neighbor, ex friend. <laughs> Maybe some of us have a few ex husbands um, or spouses. And then also, how to forgive your family. When you didn't get the family that you should have had, how do you forgive them? So I have two online classes that are that are just fantastic. And luckily, just under uh, about a half hour, you'll get it all and you'll be able to do the work. So you can find me at mistytime.com. And that's T-Y-M-E, mistytime.com. Also, revmisty.com. Also, on all that lovely social media, please reach out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. And I can't wait to work with you and also help you have a happier, healthier life with forgiveness as a tool. Fantastic. Well, and I'd also like to say, too, when we talk about forgiveness, it oftentimes is associated from the external perspective. But we know in order to do the external acceptance of what's happened to us so that we ourselves can move forward uh, and live the life that I believe is our birthright to live, um, what have you most come to recognize within yourself, Misty, that you have forgiven about you? I would say, oh goodness, that's a good one too. I've forgiven myself for my desperate need to be accepted, Mm. um, for wanting to show that I'm better um, than my family or, or my ex or something. I've forgiven myself for the desperate need to be right. Love that. Love that. Well, and and the need for self-acceptance, as we know, Mm -hmm. is another form of addiction, right? Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And so, you know, in recognizing that to be true, once upon a time, a lot of my success and other people's successes might have been attributed to, I will prove other people wrong. But I think when your motivation or your incentive, your your incentive becomes more premised on, no, I'm just going to reinforce that I can prove myself right. Right. I think that's another indication that you've done the work and that you've done the healing because it's your journey and your journey alone. And so it's not about proving other people right by getting another accolade under your belt or showing up on a plethora of podcast interviews or whatever. It's honoring your spirit and knowing that you are in the zone for what fuels you and makes you once again show up as being the best, most improved version of yourself. Because that's truly the gift that keeps on giving to all and everybody benefits. It's a win-win scenario across the board. Absolutely. And that's, oh, it's such a 
wonderful feeling when you finally have that, I want to say need, I don't know if that's exactly what I mean, but when I keep, I used to keep waiting for somebody to tell me I was okay, that I was good enough, that I was all of those things. And Mm -hmm. now I just, I'm filled with love for others, even if they're not living their best life. And I'm, and I no longer judge others. And in turn, I don't judge myself so hard anymore. Oh, that, you know what? That is so key. That is so key because I think the more kind we can be with our inner selves, the more forgiving we can be with ourselves, the more inclined we can more readily and and quickly expedite the process involved healing wise in terms of the forgiveness we then extend to other people, whether that's something that's ever communicated in verbal fashion or through uh, a letter or a phone call or an email or however one chooses to approach that. But if it's what you're doing within yourself, it's if it's truly something you're willing to surrender and let go of. And let's face it, a lot of what we hold on to is attached to ego, right? Oh, so, yes. Absolutely. And so you know that you've surrendered your own ego based on how quickly you are uh, inclined to forgive other people. I, I truly believe that. I, I agree also. We're, we're on the same page there. Yes, we are. Well, I just want to say, Misty, it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Again, I'm walking away with so much. And, you know, being in the position of being on as the interviewer, I walk away from this once we're done. And I go and review my notes and I play back the podcast. And I do it numerous times so as to get a deeper level of more rich um lessons that I know are being imparted to me that resonate with me on a much deeper level. So for what you've done for me in my transformational process, my healing journey, my ability to further uh, forgive and make the decision in which to do so, knowing it's intuitive to do so, I just want to say thank you. I I love guests like you because this is really this is something that intersects with every human being. And so your level of expertise, and even from a business perspective, another reason why I think you're very savvy and why I respect what you're doing is because you've picked something or it picked you, however you choose to look upon it. So picked me. (laughs) It so picked you, but your, your branding and your savviness as a businesswoman and the level of expertise, which truly is your level of expertise. It's, you know, it, it reaches all demographics, right? Some people, they get really pigeonholed because it only speaks to a select yours encompasses the whole human race. So, and all of humanity. So for the ways that you're helping all of us, just by being a guest on my show, I want to thank you from, yeah, I really want to thank you from the center of my heart. Thank you. And I do even go into corporations and talk about expectations in teams, which is a sneaky way to talk about forgiveness. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It's so needed. It's so needed, particularly in today's culture of so-called leadership and and, uh, divisiveness. So um, I just want to say once again, thank you, Misty. You're always welcome. You You have a standing open invitation to return to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald as my guest anytime. For the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for your time, for uh, tuning into my interview here with the lovely Reverend Misty Time. I really highly encourage you, no differently than what I'm going to do, is take the time, take notes, play back the podcast, share this out because everybody could benefit from this. Everyone's lives could improve substantially as a result of tapping into this kind of messaging. Um, It really is a win-win scenario. My purpose, which I'm very clear on, is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. I wish everybody a phenomenal weekend. I look 
forward to being back, joined with all of you again next Friday with yet another phenomenal guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Love and gratitude to you all, as well as to you, Misty. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.